I want to take us on a journey. Uh, the Lord would help me and help us today as we go to the word of the Lord together. Second Peter chapter number one. I want to share with you the first ten verses of this chapter, and then we'll just go from there. I've got a, a lot of places I can go this morning, but we're just going to let the Lord uh, kind of lead and guide us this morning as we try to do every week. But uh, for a few moments, let us just begin. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It means he's talking to you and I today. He says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ." But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fail. Verse number four this morning whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust let's pray dear heavenly father this morning i thank you for your word i thank you for the men and women under the sound of our voice today I thank you that we have the privilege to assemble and to worship as well as to learn and to be edified and equipped by your spirit. Today, Father, I pray that you would anoint me to speak not my opinion, but, Lord, your word with power and with authority of the Holy Spirit. Let our hearts be open. Let our minds be clear to receive and to hear that which the Holy Spirit is desiring for us to hear this morning. And we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. The church says, Amen. For a few moments today, I would like to take this thought, obtaining the precious. Obtaining the precious. To obtain something simply means to bring into or to come into possession of. It means to acquire. It means that it's not far off, but it is something that is in your possession. But something precious can be described as something that is great in value or is highly esteemed of great moral 
quality. I can say to you this morning, there is nothing that is greater in your possession than your relationship with Jesus Christ. I know that the world has lots of things that glitter, that they dangle in front of us, that tell us this is what we need to have success. But the only way that true success is ever obtained, if you would say it this way, the only thing that can ever really scratch the itch inside of humanity is when humanity comes to the knowledge of who Jesus really is. That's why we see daily nearly those that are young and gifted and prominent and successful by the world's standard dying prematurely because in the midst of all of their success they're still searching for peace and rest and happiness and they're turning to everything that the world has offered and it leaves them empty and it leaves them searching and it takes them to death. But can I tell you this morning there is a peace that passes all understanding and it is in Jesus Christ alone. And this morning as we read together we find that there is exceedingly great and precious promises. Sometimes we just need to be reminded that he is a God of promise. Anybody remember the promises of God? You see, sometimes in the hustle and bustle of life, we forget some very simple things that has been brought to our attention by the revelation of the Word of God as well as the revelation of the Word of God that's been given to men. And sometimes revelation has been given to men and women through that of song. And as I was leaving here late last night and was headed home, all of a sudden this old song just came into my spirit. Wasn't thinking about anything really, but all of a sudden the old standard, the old hymn of the church that used to be proclaimed by men and women of faith and they would sing it out in a very bolsterous fashion was simply some of these words standing on the promises of Christ my King through eternal ages let his praises ring glory in the highest I will shout and sing standing on the promises of God that's the first verse and then you all know the course. See, praise and worship isn't the first thing that always had repeating lines in it. If you sing this song, you're going to repeat a lot. It says, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing, standing, I can't get that high. Standing on the promises of God. But I really like the verses that follow because in these verses we find this standing on the promises that cannot fail when the holy storms of doubt and fear assail 
by the living word of God I shall prevail standing on the promises of God but then you go on it says standing on the promises I now can see perfect present cleansing in the blood for me standing in the liberty where Christ makes free standing on the promises of God don't y'all look at me that way y'all know this song you could help a preacher out this morning you see it then it goes on to say this standing on the promises of Christ the Lord bound to him eternally by love's strong cord overcoming daily with the spirit sworn standing on the promises of God then lastly it simply says these words standing on the promises I cannot fail listening every moment to the spirits call resting in my Savior as my all and all standing on the promises of God can I tell you this morning there is nothing that is more precious than the promises of God the writer of this song understood in the midst of darkness in the midst of being overwhelmed with the cares of life he simply found himself pinning these words that I'm just going to stand on the promises of God why is he doing that is because of the simple fact all throughout Scripture we simply find the word of the Lord says stand still and see the salvation of the Lord the world would tell us today that we have to be busybodies and go to and fro and we have to make everything happen and we have to try to figure it out for ourselves. But can I tell you this morning, we are in a place right now in this very moment of time where we must do one thing and one thing only and that is put our trust in him. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter number 7 and verse number 1, it says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. But what are we really talking about today? Is when you look in James chapter 4 verse number 8 he simply says draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands ye sinners and purify your hearts ye double-minded. Why? Is because, notice with me, when we get to the place where we realize what Christ has done for us, that everything about us begins to go through a transformation process. Last week I shared with you from this platform the hope of saving a nation. And we know that blessed is the nation who, uh, that is really putting their trust and faith in the Lord. But we find that when Paul was addressing the church at Corinth, and, and, and I shared this at the end of our message last, uh, last week, he simply said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. He said, we're always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. But he simply goes on to simply say, if you read in chapter number 5, he would simply say, for we know, meaning this, that we have a promise, that we have put our trust in, that if our earthly house of this tabernacle is destroyed, that we have a 
building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Uh, he actually reads a little further and it says that to be absent from the body uh, is to be present with the Lord. The, and then if you proceed further in his writing that he was writing to this specific group of people, he simply in chapter 6 begins to tell them you have to work together. You have to be men and women that are connected for the cause of Christ. But then you get to a passage of scripture that we preach from many times over the years. In verse number 14 of that chapter, he says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Bella, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And he said, what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God had said, and I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And he says, wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I shall receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. We see that passage of Scripture is filled with promises, and that's why in chapter number 7, verse 1 that I just gave you a moment ago, he says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves uh, from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You say, why is that important this morning? It is because in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, uh, but after the Spirit. Uh, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free, uh, and from the law of sin and of death. Can I tell you this morning uh, that you and I, if we are professing uh, and if we have encountered Christ, uh, we have been set free. And you know this passage of scripture, uh, he that the Son sets free uh, is free indeed. Uh, can I tell you this morning, there is nothing more precious uh, than freedom. Uh, you can go to any place you want to on this globe and you will find uh, men and women that are bound uh, in, uh, in oppression conditions uh, and even in places in this nation uh, but can I tell you for the believer uh, there is nothing that is able to separate them uh, from the love of God uh, but we have a generation this morning that's blinded uh, by the lies of the enemy uh, we have a generation this morning uh, if we're not careful they do not know the promises of God uh, this morning I don't come with a big message uh, but I come to remind you this morning uh, that your soul uh, is not government, uh, it is not the powers of a nation, uh, but it is through Jesus Christ your Lord. Uh, and please hear me today, uh, he is one uh, that is jealous. Uh, he is one uh, that requires us to be found faithful. Uh, he is one that is not going to accept anything and everything. Because uh, he gave the most precious thing he had uh, so that you and I could have life uh, and liberty. Uh, listen, uh, if he was going to accept sin, uh, he would not have gave his son. Uh, but he gave his only begotten son uh, that so you and I uh, could become men and women of righteousness. Uh, the one that knew no sin uh, became sin uh, so that you and I could be called the sons of God. 
God. Uh, don't ever forget that. Uh, but in that process, uh, he says, I'm going to give you uh, some promises. Uh, and that promise is I'll never leave you, never forsake you, uh, but I'll be with you always, uh, even to the end. He said, listen, uh, if you find yourself abounding, uh, I am there. Uh, if you find yourself in a state of lack, uh, I am there. Uh, even when you find yourself going to the shadow of the valley of death, uh, he says, I am there. Uh, he said, I'm not going to leave you. My promise is uh, that I'll stay with you, uh, but also I'll go before you and I'll go with you. Uh, but he says, I do require something of you. Uh, if you want me to be your father, uh, then you're going to have to come out from among the world. Uh, you're going to have to make a decision. Uh, and that's why Paul simply says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, in verse number 17, he said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, uh, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Uh, behold, all things are become new. Uh, and all things are of God uh, who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Uh, this morning, uh, please hear me. Uh, he, Paul says, he goes on, he says, do not touch the unclean thing. Uh, he said, when you begin to follow after God in the midst of everything that's going on, uh, he's got to realize in this setting, uh, people had came in Paul's absent to the church at Corinth uh, and they began to say Paul's not really who he says he is. Uh, he doesn't really speak for God like you think he does. Uh, they was bringing confusion, doubt and uncertainty uh, and Paul begins to write 1 Corinthians uh, then he writes 2 Corinthians. He said listen I'm about to come back to where you are uh, but we're going to clear the air. Uh, what he's saying is this you got to get your mind right. Uh, you got to be positioned for what God's about to do in your life. Uh, you're called to be the church. You can't be in the have one foot in the world uh, and have one foot in the church, but you have got to be set apart uh, because he wants to receive you. Listen, uh, we are in a place right now where we in America need to understand uh, that everything that you see under the umbrella or the flag of Christianity uh, is not pleasing to God. Uh, I don't come with legalism this morning. Uh, I don't come uh, with a list of do's and don'ts, but what I do come to you with uh, is that there is some precious promises uh, and you can obtain them. Uh, you can walk with them. You can have them. Uh, you can experience them for yourself. Uh, but you're going to have to make a decision. I'm going to have to make a decision uh, to come out from among the world and be separate uh, says the Lord. Uh, he said it is then that I will receive you uh, unto myself. You say pastor is it really that important? Uh, notice with me uh, the children of Israel in their time of exit uh, their cry came up before the Lord. Uh, the Lord simply said, I've heard their cry. Uh, I'm going to deliver them. Uh, I'll send Moses to them. Uh, in Exodus chapter 29, verse number 45, uh, this is what the Lord said concerning that group of people. Uh, I will dwell among the children of Israel, uh, and I will be their God, uh, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth uh, out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. Uh, I am the Lord their God. Notice he was simply saying, uh, they're going to know who I am uh, because I desire to dwell with them. Then uh, we find that if you read on in Leviticus chapter number 26, for the sake of time, I won't read that chapter. It's a very long chapter this morning, uh, but inside of that, uh, midway through, you'll find in verses 12 and 13, uh, he says, and I will walk among you uh, and will be your God and you shall be my people. Uh, I am the 
the Lord your God which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt uh, that you should not be their bondmen. Uh, and I have broken the bands of your yoke uh, and made you go upright. What he was saying is this. Uh, you got to understand I heard your cry uh, and I didn't want to just bring you out but I did not desire to see you uh, been in bonds and chains. Uh, but I desired uh, to break those things off of you uh, and I've made you upright. What he was saying is this. I'm taking you from a place of slavery uh, into a place uh, where you are abounding, uh, where you're experiencing more than you ever have. Uh, notice with me, there is examples throughout Scripture this morning uh, that paints the picture of what it is uh, when somebody uh, uh, gets a glimpse uh, of who God is uh, and they begin to say, I'm going to follow after him uh, because I know that in him uh, is the precious. Uh, listen, uh, we find Moses, uh, he made a decision to embrace uh, who he was born to be uh, instead of who he was tried to be raised into being. Uh, and we find that Joshua, uh, he chose to be strong and courageous uh, and he refused to be weak and full of fear. Uh, but he simply chose to obey uh, the voice of the Lord. Uh, Elijah, uh, he made a choice to go to a brook called Cherith uh, and then he made a choice to follow the leading of the Lord to Zarephath. Uh, but it was just a short time later, three and a half years, uh, that he was able to pray fire down from heaven. Uh, Elisha was out in a field with 12 yoke of oxen uh, and a manna was plastered upon him uh, and he simply said, I'll choose to leave everything that I know and everything that I am. Uh, and for 10 years he walked with the prophet uh, and he saw a mantle fall down from heaven uh, and because of that uh, he was able to pick up that mantle, uh, smite the waters of the Jordan and watched it part. Uh, he was able to step into the waters of the Jordan uh, and he was able to make the bitter waters sweet. Uh, why? Uh, it's because he realized uh, there was something precious uh, in front of him. Uh, Daniel uh, he prayed when everybody else was silent uh, and he slept with the irons that was supposed to kill him. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego uh, they simply found themselves uh, unwilling uh, to bow before a king uh, and they found that a fiery furnace that was prepared for them uh, was not able to harm them. Uh, we find that Solomon chose to build a house for the Lord uh, and he chose wisdom uh, and God gave him great wealth. Uh, Peter who was a denier uh, somebody that simply said I don't know who he is uh, after a season of repentance uh, stepped out on the balconies of, he uh, of Jerusalem uh, and began to preach with power and authority uh, after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm going to preach while you sit there this morning. Uh, John found himself on the Isle of Patmos uh, in the Spirit on the Lord's Day uh, after he had been boiled in oil uh, and left for dead. Uh, can I tell you Paul after being shipwrecked uh, and he was cold uh, and he was overwhelmed uh, and a viper came out and cried. He said I refuse to let anything attach itself to me uh, and he shook it off in the fire. Uh, how and why uh, is because they was not looking at what man said uh, but they realized that in God that I serve uh, is something precious. Uh, what's precious? Uh, this is the power and the anointing uh, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I come to tell you the world would say you don't need it. Uh, even those in the church would say you don't need it. Uh, but I come to tell somebody this morning uh, you need to go deeper. Uh, you don't need to just sit on a seat uh, and just come to church. Uh, but somebody's got to go back to the prayer closet. Uh, somebody's got to go back to an upper room. Uh, somebody's got to begin to say God uh, I know inside of you uh, is something that's precious. Uh, and when you begin to taste of the precious uh, can I tell you uh, you eat a $50 steak uh, a 
$5 steak don't taste like it used to uh, because uh, you've done acquired a new type of taste uh, because you know that there's something precious. Uh, listen, uh, you can have some dumplings out of a box, uh, but go get grandma's dumplings uh, and you're going to say, man, that's precious. Uh, I'm here to tell somebody uh, you're settling for 99 cent garbage uh, that the world's offered uh, when God says, I've gave you the most exceedingly and the abundant precious things of heaven uh, and you choose not to take of it. Uh, listen, my friend, uh, there are some unfailing promises. Uh, I got to remind you of them. Uh, Psalms 103 verse 1 uh, says, bless the Lord. Uh, that's what we've got away from. Uh, we're not blessing the Lord, uh, but we're simply saying, oh God, where are you? Uh, no, he says, bless the Lord, oh my soul, uh, and all that is within me, uh, bless his holy name. Uh, why? Uh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, uh, and forget not his benefits, uh, who forgiveth all thy iniquities, uh, who healeth all thy diseases, uh, who redeemeth thy life uh, from destruction. Hear me this morning. You would have done been dead if it wasn't for Jesus. You'd done be lost in your iniquities if it wasn't for Jesus. Uh, we'd done been filled with ailments uh, far beyond anything you've ever known if it wasn't for Jesus. Uh, but because of his grace, uh, because of his mercy, uh, I'm standing before you today uh, because uh, when the enemy said, I got him uh, where I want him, uh, the Lord said, not so quick. Uh, I've got a plan for his life. Uh, I've got a purpose for his life. Uh, and he stepped in and intervened. Uh, you don't know how many times the angel went before you down the highway uh, and just moved this out uh, and this out because uh, the Lord said, uh, they're precious to me. Uh, listen, uh, you and I today in the world in which we live, uh, we're getting and hearing all types of things. Uh, but notice, uh, we got to realize uh, that there is a better covenant uh, and there is better promises uh, in Christ Jesus. Uh, they partook of a well then, uh, but we got a river flowing now. Uh, listen, uh, I'm glad that we can say that we are of the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, but that wouldn't mean too much uh, if there hadn't have been an old rugged cross uh, where somebody was willing to stretch themselves out upon it. Uh, and at that moment in history, uh, there was a better covenant that was made. Uh, and that covenant means this, uh, that when the devil comes against me, uh, I can stand and say, depart from me because I'm covered by the blood. Listen, I just got to remind you this morning that when God from heaven looks down and sees you that by faith has confessed Jesus as Lord. Yes, he sees you. Yes, he knows you. Yes, he knows how many hairs on your head. But when he sees you, he cannot help but see the blood of his son. And therefore, he says, they're one of mine. And it says because of that, uh, we're precious in his sight. Uh, but in him uh, is something that is precious. Uh, what is it? Uh, not just life, uh, not just freedom here, uh, but life eternal. Uh, listen, I don't know about you, uh, but I can't help but get excited in this stage of my life. Uh, in the midst of cities burning, uh, in the midst of smoke filling the air, uh, in the midst of rioters in the street, uh, in the midst of darkness everywhere, 
everywhere, uh, I can't help but begin to think about uh, the word of the Lord. Uh, when you see these things, uh, look up uh, because your redemption draws nigh. Uh, I'm closer to heaven than I've ever been this morning. Uh, I'm about to go uh, to a place called eternal bliss, uh, in a place where there is no more pain, uh, no more sickness, uh, no more disease, uh, no more parting. Uh, oh, the marriage supper of the Lamb, I can't wait to get there. Uh, I think I might just get me a seat right beside my mama when I get there. Uh, listen, uh, I can't help but get excited this morning. Uh, there's a promise uh, that's coming down the old dusty road. Uh, it's not man, uh, but it is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Uh, but somebody got to make a choice. Uh, I'm going to dwell in the house of my father. Uh, listen, my friend, uh, the prodigal son uh, was not received by the father uh, until he made the decision uh, to get out of the field with the swine. Uh, but when he was yet a great way off, uh, the father ran and fell on his neck and kissed him, uh, clothed him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Uh, and he said, kill the fatted calf uh, because my son that was lost and dead uh, is now alive and home. Hear me. The promises is hinging on our decision to follow him. This morning, I'm talking fast. I hope you're listening fast. But the unfailing promises of God is something that the enemy does not want you to hear and does not want you to obtain because when we obtain the preciousness of God, we walk in power and we walk in authority and therefore we walk with dominion. Adam and Eve in the garden, they walked with dominion. They walked with authority. They walked with power. But in the fall of man, in Genesis 3, they lost the ability to be who they was originally created to be. And there needed to be redemption for the sin of mankind. For a very extended period of time after that, Sacrifices was made to temporarily cover sin, but nothing could fulfill the task. Jesus came. And that better covenant and those better promises was all bottled up and hinged inside of his willingness to do the will of his Father. Can I tell you there? Your salvation this morning, your healing, your deliverance, your freedom, it's precious because it costs so much. Hear me. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when those that was closest to him could not even stay awake and watch for an hour with him, and the weight began to be so heavy that he began to sweat great drops of blood from his brow because of the anguish and the task that was just ahead. It was then that he said, if this cup can't pass from me, I understand. It was in that moment he yielded to the will of his father in a greater manner than he ever had. 
And that's when it became so precious. Think about a man that knew no sin, took all of our sin and became sin so that we could have life. This morning, the world is in trouble. Not only is the world in trouble, the world's in trouble due to the simple fact that the church is in trouble. We have forgotten who he really is. See, you and I have never received a word like Abraham received. Take Isaac, your only son Isaac, and go to the mountain that I'll show you, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. Abraham gets the wood, gets his son, and they ride, and he tells his servants, stay here. Me and the boy will return. Hmm. He realized that I don't know what's getting ready to transpire in my future, but I do know that inside of my Heavenly Father is some precious things that I don't really know of yet. But I'm going to trust him. And they climb the mountain and they prepare the wood. And Isaac says, where's the sacrifice? And you know the story. And he takes Isaac and lay him down and gets his knife and he draws back. And all of a sudden the voice from heaven says, now I know you're not keeping anything from me. About that time there began to be sound of a ram called in a thicket that came up the other side of that old mountain and for the first time in scripture you'll read where Abraham caught a glimpse that none other had caught up to that point in history what it was he caught a glimpse of a precious promise that others had not really seen up to that point and that's why when he offered that ram and before him and Isaac came down off that mountain he said thou art Jehovah Jireh he said I know you as my provider like I've never known before and from then we began to see revelation come at other times as you read throughout your Old Testament you will find that he is then called Jehovah Nisi meaning he's my banner he's my victory others began to get revelation of the precious and they said he is Jehovah Rapha meaning he is my healer and other times he is Jehovah Shalom meaning man in the midst of all of my stuff going on he's my peace what, what, what's that mean is what it means is that inside of him alone is your provision your victory your healing and your peace those are just a few but when you really begin to walk through scripture you begin to find that obtaining Christ means you really begin to obtain some very precious things can I remind you what you have right now in your possession that maybe you have not thought of this week just for a moment John 6 and 35 if you have Jesus this morning, 
says he's the bread of life. Even though the enemy tried to kill you this week, he doesn't have the power to kill you because you have the bread of life in you. And where life is, there cannot be death. Can I remind you that if you have Jesus inside of you, then you have the deliverer inside of you according to 1 Thessalonians 1 and 10. And that means this, everything that would come and try to harm you, you have deliverance over that. It does not have the ability to stay in your realm. But you also find in John 10 and 11 that he is the good shepherd. Now maybe it doesn't mean so much to you and I today, but if you was to read a book that was put out in the 70s and it was simply called A Shepherd's Look at Psalms 23, you would then begin to understand how important it is to simply have a good shepherd. Because a good shepherd knows when to pour oil in the ear when you're sick. A good shepherd knows when to use the hook to pull you back from a place of danger. A good shepherd knows when to tap you with the other end of that staff because of the simple fact he knows where he needs to lead you and guide you. A good shepherd is one that simply says, I don't care where you find yourself, I'm never going to leave you alone. Listen, uh, a good shepherd every day, every morning, every evening will go to the field. Uh, he'll leave the 99 and find the one because he says, I cannot afford to have a cash sheep. Anybody know what a cash sheep is? A cash sheep is simply this. A sheep that gets down and lays down in the meadow and says, I think I'll just lay here for a little bit. But then when it lays down, uh, it gets a little too comfortable. Uh, and when it gets a little too comfortable, gravity takes over. And those little feet, it ends up on its side and it can't not right itself. It's called a cash sheep. Uh, if it lays there too long, uh, antibiotics and this disease begins to get in and it will lay there and die even though nothing's wrong with it uh, but a good shepherd says I will not lose one that my father has given me so every morning every evening uh, he'll go to the field and he says even though if that thing's been cast 500 times uh, it's too valuable for me uh, and he'll go out in that field uh, he'll find that sheep he'll upright it uh, and then that sheep will be fine can I tell you I'm glad uh, that I have a good shepherd uh, that watches over me in the morning uh, at noon day uh, and even in the evening time. Uh, that means if the enemy comes in the e hours of the morning uh, there's a good shepherd that says you can't have him now. Uh, if he comes at noonday uh, then I have a good shepherd that says you can't have him now. Uh, and if he comes in the evening time uh, I have a good shepherd that's still watching that's still walking that says uh, you can't have him now. Uh, what does that really mean preacher? Uh, notice with me uh, we find this uh, that also if you're walking with Christ uh, you have this precious thing that's inside of you called the head of the church. Uh, notice with me you also have Emmanuel, meaning this, God with us. Uh, we also know this, that it is the light of the world in John 8 and 12. Uh, and if the light of the world is inside of me, there can't be darkness. Uh, and if there's not darkness, uh, it means I have a reason to rejoice and celebrate uh, because it is in the light uh, that man began to see. Can I tell you this morning, uh, our hope is found in Jesus, uh, our Redeemer Job 19 and 25 calls him. Uh, we find that he is also a rock. Uh, we also know that he is the way. Uh, we also know that he is the door. Uh, and we also find in Isaiah 9 and 6 that he is wonderful, uh, counselor, mighty God, uh, everlasting father, uh, and prince of peace. What does that mean? Uh, it 
means this, there is none that is higher than him. Uh, so today, uh, can I tell you, obtaining the promises uh, of God, the preciousness of God uh, means this, uh, that I have everything that I need in my possession uh, to walk in victory, uh, to walk in power, uh, to walk with peace, uh, to walk with rest, uh, and to get to a place uh, where I have understanding uh, that there is something better than where I'm at right now. This morning, let me give you this, and I'm going to bring it to a close. When you obtain the preciousness of God, you begin to have an understanding that he will never leave you, that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that he is a father to the fatherless, and that he is also streams in the desert. Right now, we find ourselves in a very unique setting. Can I tell you today, the place that we find ourselves is not a place that we can stay and dwell, but it's a place where we must move from. And the church of America today finds itself at a crossroads where the decision can no longer be kicked down the road, but it has to be made, and it has to be made by every individual that waves the banner of Christianity. And please hear me. This crossroads, it is an hour of decision. It is a time that we must ask ourselves the question. This is the real question. Will we, the church, become people who are willing to separate themselves for the cause of Christ and begin to pursue the precious? I want to leave you with this this morning. The approach of recent years within the church world in America has done three things that I believe are the most damaging. Number one, the approach of recent years has simply poisoned the mind of believers to think that the precious is no longer available. We also find that the approach of recent years not only has poisoned the minds of men and women of faith, but it has also led us into a place where we are living lives that are full of powerless mindsets and therefore we simply are believing and embracing the lies of the enemy that we just have to try to figure out how to get through it instead of be delivered from it but not only has the approach poisoned the minds and created powerless lives it's also created a smell of spiritual death within the sanctuaries across this nation. More than half of the churches in America have not saw a new convert in two years in their congregation. In the year 1900, it was basically 27,000, or 27 churches for every 10,000 people in America. At the year 2000, there was only 11 churches for every 10,000. We see great decline, the smell of death. We find that while there's a roughly about 1,000 churches each year that started, but most of those churches have a lifespan of less than eight years, while you're seeing 1,000 started and only running eight years, those that's been in existence for many years, you find 4,500 of those roughly are closing every year. 
On average, we have 1,700 pastors turning in their resignation letter every, every month because of the simple fact the mind has become poisoned. Powerless lives are now the norm and the smell of spiritual death fills the air. Can I be honest with you this morning? I have been in rooms with men and women that has experienced their minds to be poisoned by the lies of the enemy. And it's not pretty. I have seen men and women that grow weary, that used to shout and dance with joy and under the power of the Holy Spirit walk away from the church and when you see them walk away you know that they're not coming back I've seen men women that's gifted and talented beyond belief with tears in their eyes simply say I can't do it anymore also then I find and I've smelled the smell of death it's not a pleasant smell at all sometimes it's nearly unbearable Sometimes the stench of death is so strong that you have to plug your nostrils because it is so disturbing. I've experienced that naturally, but I've also experienced that spiritually. People that once understood and knew the power of God, but what happened? How did we get there today? It's because we quit telling people that they can obtain the precious. He is no respective person this morning. What he'll do for me, he'll do for you. And what he'll do for you, he'll do for me. I just have to believe when I pray and ask what I will and according to the will of God and it will be added to our lives. Can I tell you, his will is not something that cannot be known this morning, but his will is his word, and his word is his will. And therefore, if you want to know what the will of God is for your life, go to the word, and when you begin to read it, you begin to say, God, I, I claim that, and I'm not talking about naming and claiming stuff, but I'm talking about stepping in by faith and obtaining the precious things of God. He does not desire for you to live and dwell in a land called Lodabar, but he has prepared a place at his table, much like David did for Mephibosheth. And he says, from this day forward, you will sit at the king's table. You will eat of the king's food. You will no longer be exposed. And listen, can I tell you this morning, when, when, when Mephibosheth would be brought to David's table and it would slide up under that table, nobody could see his lame feet. The Lord positions us where the failures of yesterday is covered and not on display because there's a transition that takes place. It's not who we are anymore, but we have been transformed by the preciousness of God. This morning, maybe you're weary, maybe you're overwhelmed today. As they come to the piano this morning, please. I would ask you, are you willing to self-examine? Paul was not been harsh and Paul was not trying to be difficult when he was writing to the church at Corinth in chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians. But he simply said, he said, you got to come out from among them and be separate. He said, you can't touch the unclean things. And 
you got to position yourself and it goes hand in hand with what we read at the very beginning in 2 Peter he simply said this according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness notice he said he's not giving you just a few things but he's giving you all things that pertain unto life let me remind you that all good things come down from heaven above and as it leaves the portals of heaven or the storehouse of heaven it begins to transition down through the heavenlies We know that there is war in the heavenlies and sometimes the enemy tries to lay claim to those things that God releases on your behalf. And can I tell you, he doesn't really grab a hold of the things that's not really of great value or monumental in his opinion. But when all of these things begins to come down from the storehouse of heaven, he begins to look for the precious. We know all things are good that comes from the Lord, but how many know some things are some things are more precious than others? You see, when somebody finds themselves much like the prodigal and says, "Man, I'm in a mess. In my father's house is more than enough. I think I'll just go to him and ask him to forgive me." Oh, when he hears the voice of somebody saying, "Oh, Lord, forgive me." He tries to grab a hold of that precious gift of salvation. Oh, I don't want them to have it. And he begins to interrupt that and he begins to try to give doubt and unbelief. But how many knows he doesn't have the power to keep that in his possession? But he tries also to reach out and grab that healing, that miracle, that deliverance, that, that, that special thing that you find yourself in need of at very difficult times. But because of our failure to really desire to obtain the preciousness and much of it is laying on the responsibility of the spiritual leaders of our day because there's really no absolutes anymore there are many out there that will tell you you can do what you will still have the blessings and favor of God all these things I'm not their judge today but I just know what the word of the Lord says the word of the Lord simply says you got to make a choice. You got to follow after me. You got to come out from among the world. You got to be separate. And he said, I'll be a father to you. And what he's saying is this if you come to my house, he says, there's, there's a fresh robe. There's a ring of authority with my steel on it where you can take possession of all that you need. And, I'll give you shoes for your feet. That way people, when they see you and they see you, they, they know who the world and the enemy knows who you belong to. This morning, there's a nation that's in great distress. And the only hope for is for you and I to begin to obtain the precious again. What is the most precious thing we can have? Yes, is our salvation. But the word of the Lord says, freely you have received, so now freely give. This world doesn't need another politician. This world needs to see the church awaken and arise from the ashes and begin to burn brightly and begin to simply 
put on display that which they possess life liberty freedom joy unspeakable full of glory hope for tomorrow hope for eternity as I shared with you last week an unpreached gospel is like having no gospel at all the world doesn't really need us to beat them in the head with the word of the Lord they just need us to be walking with the divine nature of Christ that's what the reading was this morning I could say so much but for the sake of time I won't but it says according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertaineth unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and to virtue whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature of God you may ask what is the divine nature of God you could talk about the fruit of the spirit this morning really what it sums up to be is when a man or a woman puts on Christ likeness and they walk in a restored manner and they walk with the attributes of Christ in such a manner that a world that's full of darkness begins to have a desire to possess what you and I possess because they see what we have is precious can I remind you this morning if you can testify today that Jesus is Lord of your life don't you believe the lies of the enemy don't you believe what's flooding our airways today that it's all over and it's it, it's about to listen it's, it's all there's something that's going on in our world today that this too shall pass so don't get so caught up in all of the political noise today but know this there is some things God's getting ready to be made known in the earth again and it's going to be made known through men and women that began to just call out to him and trust him and that they don't lean to their own understanding but in the midst of it midst of it he begins to release the precious in their life in such a manner that it begins to turn a world upside down outside of Jesus himself one of the most precious things that was given to humanity is the gift of the Holy Spirit of God and that Holy Spirit is what empowers us and equips us to be the saints of Jesus Christ today and if you've never acquired it never received that precious gift In your time of prayer in your time of conversation with the Lord it'd probably be a good idea simply say God I'll take all that you have for me and then just yield your body and your life to him and watch him do the miraculous in your life because this morning he's still our provider he's still our banner he's still our victory he's still our healer he's still our peace He's still our source and he's still our strength. So in the midst of a world that's burning and going crazy, I think I'll just do what the old song said. I think I'll just stand on the promises of Christ.
Christ my King. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Jade Abrams. I want to thank you for watching today. Feel free to find us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us and get to know us a little better. And we ask that you subscribe if you'd like to this YouTube channel. And don't forget to click the bell for alerts anytime we post something new. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Have a good day.